Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> on the heels of a Jet victory in Pittsburgh, we'll get to the Giants as well, who were also triumphant in a soggy, sloppy game against the Chicago Bears at MetLife Stadium. But let's get some of these phone calls here. Let's start it off with John and Freehold up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Johnny, how are you? I'm doing well, Dan. How are you doing? Good, John. What's going on? That was a good New York uh, Jet team victory yesterday, I believe, Dan. I, uh, I was very impressed. You mentioned the makeshift offensive line. Very good point on your part as well. And it seemed like they started to win the war in the trenches and they gained more confidence in that fourth quarter. And they gave Zach some more windows and some more time, and they opened up the holes for the running game. And the running game seemed to wear down the defensive line of Pittsburgh a little bit more, and it became more effective and more efficient in that regard from the offensive standpoint. Um, and Zach, Zach just looked poised. He looked confident. And uh, he looked determined in pulling out that victory yesterday. You mentioned Corey Davis with a big catch. No question about that as well. Um, and one guy on the defensive side of the football you didn't mention, Dan, was the rookie, Jermaine Johnson, had a sack in the game, had a couple mm-hmm. of pressures in the game. He seems to be, be developing and coming along. But if I want to have negatives to point out, and then I want to talk about this game on Sunday real quick, mm-hmm. the negative point of view from this team is the same things I've seen in all four games, Dan. All right? And that's the unnecessary roughness calls in each and every game that crush them and kill them and, and, and lead to them extending drives to the opposing team. And you just can't do that in the NFL. You're going to lose more games than you're going to win doing that. All gas, no breaks. I love that mantra. I love everybody's given 110%. Their hair's on fire. I love it. I I absolutely love it. I eat it up. But you got to be smart and you got to be disciplined when you do that as well. You you know, you you, got to pick your spots and you got to be careful. You can't, you know, cut off your nose and spite your face. Uh, The other things I don't like that I'm seeing, a lot of – you mentioned Brees Hall. I love Brees Hall. When that fumble happened, I, say, I, I said, this game's over. I can't believe what I'm looking at. After a beautiful drive all the way down the field, I thought we lost the ball. I thought the game was lost at that point. And, and that's another thing with Brees Hall. He's fumbled a lot this year as a rookie. I know he's a rookie. I know he's developing and he's growing and he's in the NFL. He's not in college anymore. But he's got, he's got to catch the ball better out of the backfield. He can't tip the ball like Cochran did yesterday, too. In all four games, we've had these tips. And yesterday, that wasn't Zach's fault. That, that ball should have been caught by the tight end, Cochran, and that would have been an, an, a nice catch and a nice game, and, and that was lost because he didn't pull it in. Those are things they got to clean up. And uh, the other thing I, 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 I worry about with this team is just their, their confidence level, you know, sways at, at certain points in time. And they don't finish the play, Dan, like – you talked about the pressures on the quarterback. The, the one other thing that I, that's, a, that's a thorn in the side for me is they're getting the pressures, but they're not getting the quarterback on the ground enough. And when that wide receiver or that running back makes that initial catch, they're not getting them to the ground. Too many missed tackles, too many slip tackles where guys are getting a lot of extra yards after the catch. They got to clean that up and then wrapping it up with Sunday. Don't take, please don't take Teddy Bridgewater lightly. He's a veteran. He's, he, he's determined. He's a quality quarterback. He played here before, so he's going to be motivated to do well and, and, 
and pick up his team with Tua being out. Don't take the Dolphins lightly, and you got to win this game at home, Dan. They haven't won a home game yet. you got to do it. you got to stack your wins. you got to get that crowd you know, crazy on Sunday and get them behind you, and you got to give them a victory. you really got to do that. If you, John, if you, I don't, I, I don't disagree. I, I don't, and I thank you for the phone call. Look, and I don't think anybody's taking Teddy Bridgewater lightly. Anybody who was on this Jets team last year will tell you that firsthand you don't take Teddy Bridgewater lightly because remember – when the Jets went to Denver last season, I believe it was, what, week four, somewhere around there, Teddy Bridgewater was the Bronco quarterback, and he had himself a whale of an afternoon against this Jet team. That was one of the worst Jet performances of the season last year. Broncos had their way with them. So I don't think they're taking them lightly, and we have the whole week to talk about that game against Miami. Here's the other problem, though. John mentioned the, the penalties, and look, the Carl Lawson one was bad. It was indefensible. And I understand that nowadays, you know, the referees – don't give the defensive players any sort of a grace period. And the way that the rules are structured right now, if you do anything to the quarterback after he releases the ball, I say it's a 50-50 proposition they throw a flag at you, right? And maybe in another generation, in another lifetime, that hit that Carl Lawson applied to Trubisky at the end of the first half yesterday, maybe that's not a roughing the passer penalty. Maybe it's just a good, clean, hard hit to the quarterback. But not in this NFL. And he kind of had a feeling that he would get drilled there. And remember, that kept the drive alive for the Steelers at the end of the first half. And it got them in position to attempt that, what, 59-yard field goal or something like that, that Boswell hit. And, all right, and, the, and that gave the Steelers momentum going into the locker room because it was instead of a 10-3 game, it's a 10-6 game. And for how long... When the Jets were trying to erase that deficit in the fourth quarter and they were down 20-17, to 17, we were looking at Buttle. I was talking to Buttle, and I said, if they don't score here and if they ultimately lose by three points, guess what the difference of the game is going to be? It's that field goal off of the Carl Lawson penalty. Three points is the difference in this football game. And luckily, the rest of his team picked him up and it didn't stand out too much. But you got to be careful. And that's why, you know, you can't complain that they're not getting the quarterback to the ground and they're not wrapping up and so on and so forth when, you know, they're hitting them. But then it's against the rules they're hitting them, right? I mean, I think that, look, it's not easy being a defensive player in the NFL nowadays. It's not. Because you're sitting there and you're probably thinking to a certain degree, okay, if I bring this guy down, which is my job, am I going to get flagged for it? It's so dicey right now with the rules, but player safety is something that's being um, emphasized, and that's the way that this league has been now for quite some time, and it's going to stay that way. 800-919-3776. Here's our pal Arting in Brooklyn. He's up next on 9870 ESPN. Art, how are you? We got our quarterback, baby! We finally got our quarterback! I mean... How many times am I calling you and I'm telling you, even the win against Cleveland, I said I was down because it was Flacco. And I'm like, I still don't know that game. I don't care what happens the rest of the season. I'm going to keep replaying that game and saying he has it in him. He did it before. And he's just, I mean, I, I have to trust the coaching and I have to trust the development and stuff like that. But let me tell you something. I'm going to games and I know that my offense could put up points, okay? And then if if we get that offensive line healthy, and, it, and then look, I know that um that Douglas got bashed for like you know, missed missed picks and all this stuff, okay? But I don't think he missed on this quarterback. Look, there's a reason why they were questioning him. 
his, his durability problem, stuff like that. And that's the only, and then it wasn't brought up. But he's got to learn. He took a hit. Okay, he can't help himself. He's so competitive that he was watching the Pittsburgh guy go get, do sneak picks, do running plays. He's not him. He's not 200-something pounds. And I don't know if you remember the play, but he started running. And he took, instead of sliding, he took on three hits. And I'm, he's just not learning from that. Okay? And he could have very easily thrown four picks. Very easy. There was one that he went outside and he threw it of uh, uh, Minta Patrick's, whatever, Fitzpatrick. Make a Fitzpatrick. He tried to throw it away and it almost got intercepted. Yes, on, right. And he threw another one on third down that he thought he could get in there. And the commentator said that he just threw it a little too late and it hit the guy right in the chest. But even from all that, you see the pass that he made to Wilson on third down. And you see the pass that he made on fourth down. He is our quarterback, Dan. That's the guy that we drafted number two. I am so happy. I can't wait to get to the Dolphins. All right. Artie's all fired up. Artie's a believer. He believes. The Testament. Artie believes. Look, we know that he's going to have to string more performances like yesterday together before, you know, every Jet fan in the world is fully on board. But, you know, what you saw yesterday, you saw those traits. You saw those abilities. Why this organization, Joe Douglas and his staff, made him the number two overall pick. That's why they believed, you know, we're going to trade Sam Darnold away and we're going to turn things over to this guy. We think he is the architect. He is the guy that can take us to where we want to go. And by the way, how many times did I say over the first three weeks of the season when it was Joe Flacco in there? And you know what? Joe did a good job. Joe did as good of a job as you could possibly ask for a guy who's 37 years old, wasn't supposed to play this year, you know, banged up offensive line, all those things. Joe did a nice job. But I also told you during those three weeks, when everybody wanted to call up and complain about the offense and this team's no good and why don't they do this and why don't they do that, bottom line, this football team and all the moves that were made during the offseason, they were made with the idea that Zach Wilson would be the one piloting the ship offensively. Not Joe Flacco, all right, or Mike White or Chris Strevler. By the way, where are all the Chris Strevler people? And I don't want to pick on Chris. I love him. But all the yo-yos calling about, oh, Chris Trevler should be playing quarterback. You still want Chris Trevler being quarterback? Where are all the Mike White calls today? Where are those guys? You have your quarterback. Now what you do, you got to hope he stays healthy. And it's still a banged-up offensive line. You heard the head coach today, or if you didn't hear the head coach today, we'll play the head coach in a little bit of what he had to say about maybe Dwayne Brown returning to the lineup this week. Because remember, Dwayne Brown was on IR. It's a four-game minimum. Four games have come and gone. So if Dwayne Brown is healthy enough, maybe he gets back out onto the field and plays this week against the Dolphins. Then he could kick AVT back to his normal position at guard, at the very least. But you're down five tackles now. Five. Becton, Fant, Brown, Mitchell, and you're down to Connor McDermott, and you got a guard playing tackle. Not how you drew it up. Oh, but by the way, you're two and two. And I don't know, ask a Jet fan. Look at these next four games. Let's take the season in quarters. Because all offseason, I said, you know what, just look at the first four games, and you sign up for two and two. Now look at the next four Miami at home, at Green Bay, 
I'm not saying you're going into Green Bay and winning, but does the at Green Bay game right now seem as insurmountable as it might have back in, let's say, May when the schedule came out? Have you seen Green Bay offensively? Aaron Rodgers is still learning the names of his wide receivers, much less trying to get on the same page with them during a real NFL game. Then a trip out to Denver. Denver's not that good. Russell Wilson's eating all those Subway sandwiches, making all that money, but he ain't playing worth the damn. Head coach has no idea what he's doing. Denver, their defense is the reason why they've even won a couple of games. And yesterday they got torched by the Raiders. That Denver game is a winnable game. And then you got New England back at MetLife Stadium. And to say that the Jets owe the Patriots would be an understatement. And Mac Jones might not even be back for that game yet. And it could be Bailey Zappi or Brian Hoyer. And even if it is Mac Jones, it's not like he's Tom Brady. Jets can't go 2-2 two and two in the next four games. And if you go at least 2-2 two and two in the next four, then you buy yourself the month of November being meaningful. And you just keep moving it down the schedule to where the games take on a greater level of importance. And then at the end of the year, you might look up once, let's say, the middle of December rolls around and you're like, wait, we got this many wins? How did that happen? And wait, we're in contention? Remember, boys and girls, Jets are 2-2 two and two right now. In some divisions, 2-2 two and two is good enough to be in first place or at least have a share of first place. Namely, the NFC South, the AFC South, and the AFC North. That's why the NFL is a beautiful thing. You don't know how these teams are going to be and how it's going to play out. But it's fun watching it develop, is it not? 800-919-3776. We'll get to the Giants plus your calls. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. But don't forget, we'll get to the Giants, you Giant people. We haven't forgotten. You know, but it's boring now if you're a Giant fan. All you do is win, right? And it's like you're just winning games. Nothing exciting about it. You lose one quarterback, the hell with it. You lose two quarterbacks, who cares? You win. Boy, Justin Fields looks happy to be in the NFL, doesn't he? He looks happy to be a bear when you watch him play. <laughs> oh, my God. I, ta- I tried telling you people, the Bears have done a wonderful job of going out of their way to see that Justin Fields does not develop 
to all of his wondrous abilities while he's wearing a bear uniform. Of course, they did it inadvertently, but that is the end result that is coming, my friends, because the Justin Fields experiment I don't think is going to end well in Chicago, as we've seen with many a young quarterback, unfortunately, including the guy who was starting for the Steelers yesterday against the Jets. How about that? Uh, Real quick, before we get back to the calls, this was Robert Sala today talking about the availability of one Dwayne Brown, who is eligible to come off of IR as of right now. And then as far as um, Dwayne's concerned, we'll, we'll see where he's at. We've got about 48 hours to see where he's at, uh, whether, whether or not we want to start his clock. You know, you can, you can get a guy practicing and you've got your 21 days after that. So uh, we'll see where he's at, just having conversations with him. Again, he's been working his tail off to get, to get himself ready to play. And uh, so hopefully we get the opportunity to get him out into the practice field so he can test it and see where he's at. But uh, again, a, a lot of stuff will be determined over the next 48 hours. And the other thing with Elijah Vera Tucker, who played left tackle yesterday, and that was a surprise to me, surprise to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, my people, the Jet fans, everybody that listens to our broadcast and whatnot, my buddy Matt in Philadelphia, among others, um, you know, calling up and, and tweeting at me or whatever, reminding me that I had actually suggested that once upon a time of kicking AVT out to tackle. But I did it before the opener this year when you found out that Dwayne Brown wasn't going to be available to play week one. And I said, well, what I would do is, because then the option was Max Mitchell, a rookie who wasn't supposed to play at all this year. Well, instead of throwing Max Mitchell into the fire, I says, kick AVT out to right tackle, move George Fant to left tackle, which they ultimately did, but let AVT play right tackle. He played tackle in college and then put Nate Herbig in at right guard, who I know they like very much, who they got from Philadelphia during the offseason. Well, it took until they needed a new left tackle for them to put AVT over there yesterday. And, you know, look, to mixed results, but at the end of the day, you win the football game, so that's all that matters. But having a guy like AVT on your team is invaluable, and everybody that wants to complain and literally, like, like people go through their entire days just obsessing over the fact that the Mackay Becton experiment has not worked out, and they're holding Joe Douglas's feet to the fire over the fact that he picked Mackay Becton, while not even giving Joe Douglas any credit that the following year he looks like he hit a grand slam with, among others, Elijah Vera Tucker, who he traded up to get, by the way. Traded up to get in the first round last year. He's a guard, he's a tackle, he's a jack-of-all-trades. Bottom line, he's a damn good football player. Here was coach today about AVT. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to put the best five on the football field, whoever that might be, however we have to do it. I thought AVT was fantastic. It is not easy to, to move positions along the offensive line, but I, I think he did a great job showing his versatility and, and his mindset. I, I think um, he did a really good job in the run game, thought he did a really good job in the pass game, didn't give up much with regards to production on their end, but really pleased with the way he played. As he should be. Let's go to the phones. Davon in New Jersey. He's up next on 98.7 ESPN. Davon, how you doing? Oh, man, let me tell you how I'm doing. <clears throat> I'm doing great because I came from Pittsburgh. I flew out there to watch my Jets play, and they did not disappoint at all. Everyone was talking about how going into Pittsburgh, the crowd might get to us. You know, it's one of the hardest places to play. And let me tell you, you know, sitting behind enemy lines was not easy taking all the heckling or whatnot, but you know what? Look out for this defense. Look out for this defense because we're young, flying all, all over the field, and I like how they kept their composure. But witnessing it firsthand in the front row, 
it's something that I will never let go of, man. And I think it's a momentum change now for the Jets going on into uh, next week. And I think um, the next four games, like how you were talking about, is going to be good. I think I think we really have a shot to go three and one, not two and two. I'm looking for three and one. Well, you know what, Davon? I'm glad you had a good experience in Pittsburgh. And look, to win a game in a place where the Jets never win, I think certainly you take that any day of the week. And thank you for the phone call. I'm glad you got to see it up close and personal there. Forget about even the next. I just threw out the four games. You worry about this one this week. This is the one you need to get on so many levels, right? Because you want to, A, stack wins together. That's how you start to become a good team, winning games consecutively. That goes without saying, number one. Number two, you got to win within your division first. Right before you worry about the playoffs and and becoming a legit team, you got to show face in your division. The Jets have not won a division game since 2019. They're 0 for the last 12. You got to start winning division games. What a perfect opportunity this week to cross two of those things right off the list. Winning a division game and start winning some home games. You know, the two losses this year were both at home. Yeah, I know Baltimore's good, Cincinnati's good, but they were ugly games. The weather was garbage. It's supposed to be beautiful, nice fall, sunny, crisp day on Sunday. We're having our our 98-7 tailgate party before the game. Everybody's going to be there. I'm even going to show up. Buttle's going to come by. I mean, what more could he ask for? How about a win? How about a win? Against the Dolphins. 800-919-3776 is the number. Judge just got an infield single in the sixth inning on a swinging bunt, so no home run. I don't think they stopped the game for one of those. I am as judged out as anybody right now. I'm just being perfectly honest with you guys. Uh, You know, we know each other pretty well. I I can't tell a lie. I'm judged out. Subi in Manhattan. He's up next on 98.7. Subi, how you doing? Hey, I just got to talk about this offensive line issue. I mean, uh, Joe Judge has to be desperate right now. Why not just trade a couple of first or second round picks, get one of the, not premier, but uh, whatever, offensive linemen. You, you mean know, Joe even, Douglas. You said Joe Judge, yeah. right? Oh, Joe, Joe Douglas. Uh, he needs to get an offensive lineman. Why not just trade a first or second round pick and get one? I know it's hard to come by in this league, but I'm sure the Texans have one available. Uh, like they always do. And then why not, um, you know, this whole issue is mainly because of Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson gets torched like Tua got torched, these young quarterbacks, they don't know how to, I don't know if they know how to take a hit or they just feel desperate to throw the ball away and then take a hit. But the Tua concussions were, from what I saw, is that he was he kept on looking at the play and then he didn't really have a balance of this, that. So it's more about the young quarterbacks not knowing how to, you know, uh, take a hit or throw the ball away like they should. That's all I got to say. Yeah, Subi, thanks for the phone call. I don't know if the Jets are in a position right now to where they're going to trade for an offensive lineman. Remember, they signed a couple of guys off the scrap heap last week, Mike Remmers, Cedric Abui, who were on practice squads, and those guys weren't up to snuff yet to be able to dress for the game on Sunday, but that could change coming up for this week's game. Now that they have a few extra days of practice under their belts, they're going to learn the system a little bit more. And I think the availability of Dwayne Brown is also going to play a huge role as to what thing this is going to look like moving forward. They expect George Fant back. 
You know, it's not like George George Fan had surgery already in the offseason. This is still kind of some of that lingering residue soreness from that procedure. Doctor said get him off his feet for a month. Maybe that'll do him some good. You expect him back. You know, is Dwayne Brown ready to rock and roll this week? We'll find out. If that's the case, and he can at least get a couple of these tackles out on the field, interior-wise, you feel good about the offensive line. You know, you, you like where things are at. So the trade deadline is November 1st. Let's give this thing a few more. Remember, you're going to play four more games. That's why the NFL pushed the trade deadline back to November. Because you're going to have eight games under your belt to know what you need and maybe what you could look to improve upon or maybe what you maybe have a little bit of excess of that some other team could come calling for you. We shall see. Uh, let's say to uh, hi to August. Smithtown up next on 98.7. August, how you doing? Hey, hey Dan. How's things? Um, good, August. What's couple up? A couple calls ago. Good. A couple calls ago, he, he mentioned uh, – the Jets didn't disappoint. I'd like to ask him maybe early fourth quarter if you felt that way, but it's just funny, you know, because they, I mean, we finished great and it was amazing. Well, that, I mean, <laughs> I let's be real, right? Up. I mean, at, let me ask, I mean, you and anybody, at, at, when it was 20 to 10 and the Steelers had just wrapped off, you know, 20 points in a row, they're yeah. playing Renegade by Sticks out at uh, the, the stadium there in Pittsburgh, which is their, like, you know, signature song. I don't know too many Jet fans who exactly. thought that they were going to walk off the field victorious. Hey, listen, the T.J. Watt uh, uh, seven-game thing, that was about the best thing we had in our pocket. That was, that was but, big. Uh, I wanna, that was I, big. I just want right? to mention about the, the offensive line, though. I don't know if a lot of the callers understand this. An offensive line is like a team within itself. They really need to play together for a while, to, you mm-hmm. know, to be in sync. And I thought they played pretty, pretty darn well. What, they give it one sack uh, early? I, I don't know. I think anyway, he only got brought down I, you know, one time, yeah. Yeah, and you know something with with the preseason the way it's not, the way it is now, it, they're really not giving the offensive line a chance to gel. I mean, some of these teams that have set offensive lines, I understand. Okay, they can they can just jump right into it again because they know each other. But it's very important. I actually called originally because of Mike White. You were asking for any? Were there any Mike? Where are all the Mike White callers? <laughs> I, I was thinking about my Mike White with uh, with Flacco. A couple of the games that we were getting blown out. I was like, why? Why isn't this guy playing? What's your thoughts on that? Why? I mean, why isn't he playing Mike White? Why isn't he playing the backup? You know what I mean? Give him some work. Well, I mean, when you say the – you mean like in relief of Flacco in some of those games? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. When the game when, – in a couple of the games that were kind of out, you know, out, you know, they were kind of like, you know, you knew we were done. I mean, you know, give, you know Flacco, he, he did what he had to do. You know, he's, a, he's out there. He's an older guy. Let him, let him relax and let the, let the kid come in there and play a little bit. You know, I, I, August, I, I got to be I'm honest. Really looking forward to that. I'll tell you, and to be honest with you, and I thank you for the phone call. The one I was surprised yeah. in was the Cincinnati game, because at halftime we're in the booth, right. we're in the booth, and we're watching them come out onto the field, and they're you know getting ready for the second half. And Mike White is over there, and he's warming up with one of the wide receivers. I don't know if it was Garrett Wilson or whatever, and he's throwing the ball with Garrett Wilson in front of the bench. And then Mike White goes over and he grabs his helmet and he puts his helmet on. And we were in the booth thinking, geez, maybe Mike White's coming in the game. And to me, it would have made perfect sense because the offense seemed like it was you know staggering a little bit in that first half of the Cincinnati game. I thought that might have been a good chance to go to Mike White, but he elected to stick with Flacco. It just didn't work out um, as they would have hoped. But, hey, you hope you don't have to go to a backup quarterback again the rest of the season and that Zach Wilson's going to be durable and he's going to finish out the remaining 13 games. 
That's how this thing is supposed to grow. And to what August was saying about the offensive line, it's all about continuity. And it is important for these guys to play together. Communication, rhythm, tendencies, you name it. Remember the Giants when they won the Super Bowl 15 years ago in 2007 when they beat the Patriots? Yeah, the defense gets credit for that win and how they harassed Tom Brady and made his life miserable that day, and, and, and that's all well and good. But also, let's not forget about that Giant team. That offensive line, those five guys, what was it, David Deal, Richie Seibert, Sean O'Hara, Chris Nee, and Kareem McKenzie, those five guys played every single game that year. Giants didn't have to go to the bench. Giants didn't have to sub any of them out. Those guys played all 16 games plus the playoff games together. They were as cohesive a unit as you could possibly believe, and that helped that offense tremendously. Whether it was Eli, whether it was the running game, offensive line is a huge, huge foundation point for any football team. Huge. And if you're the Jets, you hope to just get some of these bodies back and you can maybe hope to develop that in the second half of the season. 800-919-3776. More jet calls. We come back. We'll get into the Giants. Show them some love. The 3-1 football Giants before they board a plane to go to jolly old England and take on the Packers. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Just to put it into perspective a little bit, Last year, okay, you know when the Giants picked up their third win of the season? They didn't pick up their third win until November the 7th. Okay, so they're like a month ahead of schedule as opposed to a year ago. You know when they picked up their third win in 2020? Middle of November. And I think the year before that, they didn't pick up their third win until like December So think about what Brian Dayball has done with this football team so far. Now, look, four games does not make a season. We know that. 
And the Giants right now, when they walk out onto the field, they are not going to scare the elite teams in the NFL. We know that there is a deficiency in terms of talent. But you know what there isn't a deficiency in? Effort, hard work, fundamentally sound football. You know, talent, yes. You need that at the end of the day if you really want to get to where you ultimately want to be as a football team. But what you're seeing so far with the New York Giants is that they're a well-coached team, they're a well-prepared football team, and given what Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale and all the other coaches have to work with, right, they're going out there and competing their you-know-what's-off. They really are. Because you could sit there and tell me that the Giants haven't played anybody and the best team that they played so far they came up short against in the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. But when is going into Tennessee an automatic, right? Even a team like Carolina, which made it a close game. Chicago, somehow, someway, has two wins already this year. I know one of them came in a quagmire against San Francisco that leveled the playing field. I get all those things. But 3-1 and one is 3-1. and one. And you, could, you still have to learn how to finish and to win in this league, even if you are playing the bottom feeders. So if you're a Giant fan, you got to be impressed with this, really. It wasn't about wins this season for the Giants. It was about implementing a culture with this new head coach, showing that he is a leader of men and that when given the proper talent, he is going to be able to turn this thing into a consistent winner. And number two, of course, you want to know about the quarterback, which we still don't know. But the one thing you can't measure or you already know about the quarterback is that the dude's got heart. Does he not? I mean, look at Daniel Jones and what he's trying to do out there. Sucking it up, going out there making plays, whether he's running for his life, whether he's pressured. I told you, that game on Monday night against the Cowboys, when he was pressured 24 times or whatever the number ended up being, right? That, to me, was all you needed to know about the kid. And he's been here for four years already. And that he's going to live to see another play. And he's going to do anything he can to try to bring his team home a winner. I know that he might not be as good of a lot of, as a lot of these other good quarterbacks. And I know that there are things that you wish he could do as opposed to some other QBs. But the dude's a gamer and he's a competitor. Is that going to be good enough for the Giants to bring him back next year? And to say, oh yeah, he's our quarterback of the future? I don't know. I don't know. You still got 13 more games to make that decision. But right now, in the first four, you won three of them. And all four of these games that the Giants have played this year decided by one score, and they've won three of them. It's hard to win close games, right? It's hard to win close games because one little mistake can end up costing you. And execution is of that much of greater importance. And you can point to the competition and say it's no good, but the Giants are still finding ways to win. Winning is hard in this league. And now the question they got to ask themselves is, who's going to be our quarterback in London against Green Bay? Because Daniel Jones got hurt. He left the game. Tyrod Taylor comes into the game. Then Tyrod gets, and boy, Tyrod, he just can't stay healthy. No matter where, no matter where. I mean, it's the story of his career. Guy's always getting hurt. Always. He's got a head injury. Then Jones comes back in the game, and Dayball says, you know what? I'm not going to sit there and put you in harm's way because he got the bad wheel, so we're going to go old school. We're going to go a little wildcat action. And they found a way for Saquon Barkley to be the quarterback and try to run this offense. And look, 
we all kind of had hopes of what Saquon could be this year and what he can morph back into or revert back into, given that he's healthy. But I don't know if anybody expected this. I mean, look at how well this dude's playing like a first-team All-Pro this year. What was the betting odds at Saquon being an All-Pro in 2022? He's the leading rusher in the NFL. That's how good he's been. By an offensive line, which is still trying to figure things out, and maybe even most impressively, is that he's doing this without any sort of a semblance of a legitimate downfield passing game that is going to keep the defense on their toes. Because if you're an opposing team and you're coming in to play the Giants and you're trying to map out a game plan as to how you're going to shut that offense down, it's called Saquon, Saquon, Saquon. That's all you have to account for. Because the passing game doesn't scare you. I mean, again, yesterday, that offense with the receivers, and it, 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 it's nothing. It's nothing. Giants completed nine passes in the game yesterday. Nine. For under 100 yards. But they ran it for a lot of yards. And that was still good enough for them to get themselves a victory. Saquon Barkley's been fantastic. And maybe tonight is not the night, but I'll throw it out there again. And I, and I brought this up. When do you start to have those difficult conversations, if you're the Giants, about possibly trading them before November the 1st? Unless you're sitting here and you're prepared to give him a sizable contract in the offseason or at least something comparable to what another team would give him if, in fact, he walks out the door as a free agent. You going to franchise him for another year? Would he be happy doing that? Because right now he's the heartbeat of your offense. But what if there's another team, let's say, I don't know, Buffalo. Just throw them out there. A contender that maybe isn't like wowing you in the run game. If Buffalo calls, if Brandon Bean calls up Joe Shane because they're buddies, right? Joe Shane came from Buffalo. They all know each other. Brandon Bean calls up Joe Shane and says, hey, Joe, you know what? Saquon's having a great year. We need help with our running game. What will it take for you to give him to us as a rental? What if Joe Shane could get back a second-round draft choice for Saquon Barkley? You make that pick? How about a third-round draft choice? I think given where this franchise is right now in this organization, I don't know how you don't make that trade if that is indeed going to be offered to you. Really. I think it's a no-brainer. And you know what? They played winning football yesterday. And I love the way the coaches came about a game plan yesterday. They knew that it was going to be an ugly, sloppy game. And especially once they were down their quarterbacks, like some teams and some coaches, you know, even though they don't have a QB, they're still going to run the same offense as if they had their regulars in there. Giants said, nope, we got to win this a different way. We got to ugly this game down. And that's why you had almost, almost a three to one ratio yesterday when it came to the run plays dialed up versus the pass plays. And it was enough to walk off the field a winner. Be a chameleon offense. All those great Patriot teams with Brady and Belichick, they even talked about that, and they had Brady. But they went about it a different week or a different way each and every week. And these are little things that you're going to have to learn if you're a team that's going to want to win, and the Giants are figuring these things out. Now, we don't know how many guys on this roster are actually still going to be here when the Giants are more of a legit contender. But for the time being, Brian Dable's got these guys playing. And it stinks you have quarterback uncertainty going across the pond to London next week because that would have been fun on a neutral field them to take their chances against what I think 
might be a beatable Green Bay Packer team. 800-919-3776. Let's hear from the Giant fans when we come back. We'll also go around the league at 9 o'clock. Dan Gross' show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yankees, for those that care, lead the Rangers one to nothing in the seventh inning. No home run for Aaron Judge today. He is one for three, but probably will get at least one more at bat uh, in this one. Remember, doubleheader tomorrow for the Yankees, doubleheader tomorrow for the Mets, in case you're just tuning in, because the Mets were rained out tonight. They'll play a straight doubleheader tomorrow, beginning at four, weather permitting, at City Field. And we had a caller uh, bring it up a little bit earlier in the event of, if those games don't mean anything, if the Braves win one more game, and wrap up the division by the time you get to, let's say, Wednesday, Mets may not be able to play 162 games based on if the weather... Like, if tomorrow gets washed out, Mets aren't going to want to play on Thursday. And it's the call of the home team. So if the Mets are only, let's say, able to get two games in and still have that one to play after Wednesday and the division has already been decided, baseball and the Mets will just bag that last game and the Mets season will end with 161 instead of 162. It happens, you know, if the game means nothing, teams don't always make up that last game if it's irrelevant to the standings. Now, I brought up a little while ago the Saquon Barkley situation, and the fact that he's playing as well as he is, certainly he's probably appealing to some other teams that might seem a little bit more likely to be contenders when it's all said and done, and I threw out the prospect of maybe him being available for trade by November the 1st. Rex Ryan, our good buddy, uh, in his weekly spot this morning on DiPietro and Rothenberg, tackled that exact subject, wouldn't you know, and he said, trading Saquon? Nah. Yeah, why the hell would you trade Saquon Barkley? I mean, you want to do that, you want to get three wins? Because if you get rid of Saquon Barkley, you're going to end up with three wins. Like I, I don't understand why why you would do that. This is a guy you want to keep. The way he's playing right now, you want to keep this guy. I got to trade him. Well, who's um, your offense? I mean, yeah, he's all you have exactly. on offense. So why the hell would you trade him? Well, here's why the hell you would trade him, Rex. And look, everybody's okay with their opinion, and I, and I respect everybody's. All right, you're only going to get three wins. We got three wins already. Realistically, how many more games are the Giants going to win this year? 
See, Rex is looking at that from a coaching perspective. Because remember when Rex was with the Jets and the Jets had bad teams and you knew when Idzik was there and you knew they weren't going to win games, but Rex was going and fans wanted them to tank and lose so they could get a better draft pick. Rex was out there trying to win every damn game because he's a coach. And I think Rex still has that coach's mentality. To me, there's no difference between winning three games and five or six games if you're the Giants, especially when you consider Barkley is a free agent at the end of the year. So, yeah, there is no difference. So if, if you told me as a Giant fan, yeah, I'll take three wins plus, let's say, a second or third round draft choice for Saquon as opposed to six wins, Saquon potentially leaving at the end of the year and I get nothing for him, or then I, you could franchise him, of course, but I'll take the former. Give me the draft choice because despite the manageable schedule that lies ahead for them, I still don't think this Giants team is going to be in it when it's all said and done.